I'm Rebecca Hamilton, author, artist, photographer, and entrepreneur. And I'm Chad Hamilton, marathon runner, podcast host, and addictions advocate. We're back for season four of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. And let's just say that we've scrapped a lot more than just the sweet talk since we've talked to you last. Yeah, that's right. We've scrapped our entire bakery business altogether. After over a decade of growing Chick Boss cake from the ground up, building it to over a million in sales and investing all of our time, money and energy into it, we decided to close it down. Let's just say we've grown into completely different people than the kids we once were when we started it. And ironically, we've both developed a passion for living a healthy lifestyle that does not align with running a sugary, processed food, dessert empire. It's hard to believe we ended up here. It is. And this season, we're talking all about change. That's right. You know, it's so much easier to keep doing what you've always done and way more difficult to let go of comfort and step into the unknown. That's for sure. Welcome to season four of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where we hope to inspire you to challenge societal norms, old beliefs, and realign to become your most authentic self. Let's do it. All right, we're excited to be back now. I know we've been uh, MIA for the last couple months here, and I know a lot of people are wondering, you know, what happened? How did this come about? How did this decision come to fruition? What are the reasons for it? You know, people may have um, assumptions, or they may have heard some things, or or read some articles online, which are definitely, uh, you know, part of the truth. But I think. You know, everybody wants to know from you, Rebecca. You um, were obviously the the, the backbone of, of everything here. You created this business. Of course, I supported it for many years. Um, but we just have to address the issue that everybody is dying to know. And like, what happened? Yeah, so I'm excited to be back on the podcast. I've been a little bit back into social media now after <laughs> it was such a big learning curve on how to actually close down a business, which I did not really expect that part of running a business being such a challenge and just such an overwhelming thing to like unwind it in such a way that has as little impact on, you know, customers and staff and everybody involved in the in our business. It was quite the process. So anyways, I'm glad to be back. And I'm excited to share our story. Chad and I are both going to share kind of both of our perspectives on how we decided to come to this decision. And why we didn't go with some other maybe options that a lot of customers were asking us, like, why didn't you sell the business and what, or why didn't you open or why didn't you just change it to like healthy desserts or something like that? We got a lot of people asking these questions and we're going to talk about that today. So let's just start with my perspective and how we started and what happened and where did it change? So for me, I started this bakery business like 12 years ago out of my apartment, tiny kitchen, Um, It didn't really start as a business. It started as a hobby just for fun. And I was just basically just making cakes. Um, I would just charge people the cost of ingredients. I wouldn't even charge them for my time. I just did it for fun because I loved doing it. 
Um, and to be completely honest, the part that I loved about it the most was the art form of it. So it was more so for me, an outlet of my artistic abilities. Um, I'm an artist at heart. So this dessert business was all about art for me. So that's why our products were so pretty and they were colorful and bright and fun. Um, it was never, although I liked baking as a kid and I did grow up baking and I enjoyed it to a certain degree, it wasn't really a true, true passion of mine to do baking. I just used the baking as an outlet for my art. So that's first and foremost. Um, so I started out of our apartment kitchen just for fun. And, you know, as a lot of businesses do, they get people being like, well, you should make a business out of it. Why don't you start your own business and, and you know, just try to grow it and see where it goes and whatever. Um, of course, I had to hear that like for so many times before I actually decided to be like, hey, like maybe I should start a business because it seems scary to do that. And so basically, we, I, like, it was just all me in the very beginning. So I started it, I, I, we, I opened my first storefront location, Chad would help out here and there in between his uh, day job. And uh, eventually, it just kind of, I don't know. I feel like we just grew it in an organic way that felt like what we should be doing. Basically, it felt like we should open a first store. And then once we got comfortable with our first store, it felt like, okay, well, now what's the next step? Now we should open another store because, I mean, Chad and I are pretty ambitious people and we want to keep growing and keep building. And, you know, it just seemed like the natural progression um, because we're not typically the type of people who are just comfortable, you know, being living in comfort for extended periods of time. We like to keep things fresh and exciting and grow and change. Um, and we both have that desire. So we just followed the natural progression. Um, obviously, it was amazing. We were very well loved and supported. I felt the love. I felt very supported. Um, in the growth process of it. And so we ended up opening four store locations. Um, Chad came, you came to join on full time after a year of us into our first store location. So you've pretty much been here the, the whole time, um, which is awesome. And yeah, so we grew it to four store locations. Uh, you know, at one point we had like 20 staff, 20 employees. Um, we learned a lot of things. And so the where did it go wrong? Well, it didn't really go wrong. What happened was that um, in the very beginning, you know, chat, it was very authentic to Chad and I where we, we ate a lot of sugar. We loved desserts. We loved eating the desserts mostly. Um, I was 70 pounds heavier than I am now. So I didn't have a, an idea or a concept of living a healthy lifestyle. To be honest, I didn't even give a shit back. <laughs> I did not care at all. Um, I would, you know, drink a lot of wine. My lifestyle was based around eating desserts and eating unhealthy food. And it was just a completely different lifestyle than what I've grown and changed into at where I'm at now. So over the years, of, of running this bakery business within the last probably five years or so, I've been on uh, 
a really significant health journey and it's been such a big learning curve for me because I was really overweight as a child. I love dessert. I love sugar. I loved eating all the shitty food. And so it was a really like long process for me to actually develop these into habits that I, you know, felt like I was going to actually stick to for the rest of my life. Um, so it was just a really gradual thing where I would just, you know, I would, I started with a keto diet and, you know, that is no sugar for, and I did that for two and a half years while I was running this bakery business. So I did the keto diet for two and a half years, loved it, felt amazing on it. Um, and it really put into perspective how sugar and processed foods make you feel like absolute garbage. And not to mention all the weight I lost on the keto diet. Um, I'm not promoting the keto diet. I'm not doing that now. I'm just saying that was the catalyst that kind of started my health journey. Um, it was it was a diet that I was personally able to stick to. And I think diets are subjective to whatever kind of food you like. You should do a diet that, you know, that you like the food on. Otherwise, you're not going to stick with it, right? So I did the, I started with the keto diet and um, two and a half years into that, I decided I'm going to go to just like healthy, whole food, more balanced diet. And uh, I adopted that lifestyle, which still included not eating a lot of sugar and uh, really limiting like processed foods. I've, you know, no fast food, no junk like that. Um, fast forward, you know. Probably a couple years after that, I quit drinking alcohol. So I haven't drank alcohol the last two years. Um, so you can kind of see that I've really habit stacked a lot of healthy li lifestyle changes that I don't plan on going back on at any point. And at this point, I feel very confident in my ability to maintain my healthy lifestyle. Whereas like when I started the healthy lifestyle, I didn't feel that confident in it because I had lived a shitty like processed food, sugary lifestyle before for like 30 years. So to learn new habits is obviously a learning curve. It's obviously very challenging. Um, and the way that I feel now is like a million times different than how I felt when I was eating sugar and all this kind of stuff. So obviously developing a healthy lifestyle I have been really into learning about the negative impacts of sugar, processed foods, you know, alcohol, all kinds of things. So I've been down this rabbit hole of, oh, the food dyes, the artificial flavors, there's all kinds of shit, right? So I've been down this like rabbit hole the last couple years, okay, running a bakery business and then watching documentaries about how sugar is awful for you is kind of it's just it's hilarious. But at the same time, I'm like, I didn't I felt like I didn't know what to do because I all of a sudden am educated around the fact that this is like, not good. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't have like, I don't eat this kind of food on any kind of regular basis. Don't get me wrong. I still have sugar, like very, very minuscule amounts of sugar here and there. It is not part of my everyday. I will have it like, you know, maybe a couple times a month kind of thing. Like I do not mess around with it. Um, but 
it's not something that I felt proud of anymore. And I actually started feeling extremely guilty that we were pumping out the amount of sugar and cakes and stuff like that, you know, and, and don't take this the wrong way because I feel like, I feel like I'm not one of those people that judges other people for what they do and what they eat and what they, you know, feed to their kids and stuff like that. But for me personally, I just don't want to be a part of that. Okay. So I was feeling super guilty and I was like, I, I didn't know, like, like I didn't know what to do. For a, for a long time, for at least a year and a half, I was struggling with this. I would talk to my friends about it. My friends knew I was like feeling guilty. I was not proud of it. You know, I would meet people when I'm out and about and they'd be like, oh, you're the cake lady. I love your business so much. And it's like most people at that point love my business a lot more than I did. And I was feeling super guilty, really bad about it. And yeah, so they, they, it, would be, they would be like, Oh, it's the cake lady. I love your stuff. And you're like, I don't like cake and I don't eat sugar. And yeah, yeah. that's me. Hi. Yeah. Um, sort of that superficial, uh, inauthentic way of being. And that is the absolute opposite of, of who you are as a person. You're the most authentic, most real, most um, tell it how it is person. Yeah. And so I know that as your husband and, and everybody that's close friends with you knows that as well. So to basically be going so against what you know is is right for yourself and, and and living this life and this business and 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 like you said earlier it doesn't matter whether people eat you know people could justify it and say oh well you know people are going to eat sugar anyway so why not right but the whole point is is that yeah that's true however you don't want to be the the person that contributes exactly to that. exactly so so once I started really feeling the lack of authenticity and the unalignment happening, when those the authenticity and integrity um, are part of my core values. So once I started to really, really feel that and that became more apparent, I knew that we needed to do something. I knew we needed to either sell it or walk away or we just needed to like I needed to not be a part of this like I knew I had to stop so once I kind of had that awakening it was still probably a few months of Chad and I going back and forth because this is like we've invested so much into this and we did not make an exit strategy like like you just don't think of this being your exit strategy where it's like okay I just I know I have to leave at this point I wish that it could have gone in a in a better direction where we had a more smooth exit strategy. But like, I also don't know how to run a business inauthentically. I don't know how other people do it. I know they do, but I don't know how they do it. It's not part of who I am and who I can be in my life. Um, and so I'll give you a couple of, of examples just to put it in a perspective. Okay, let's say you open a winery or a brewery and then you decide alcohol is bad for you i'm gonna get sober then what do you do do you keep running your your brewery or winery when you're a sober person like how do you sell alcohol when you don't drink alcohol right that's how i felt with sugar and processed food i literally feel the exact same way it's like if you worked at a butcher shop and now all of a sudden you learn you watch all the documentaries you learn a new lifestyle and now you're vegan are you going to go to work every day in a book butcher shop? No, you're going to change your career, right? Because you've grown and you've developed, you've learned things that, as I like to say, you cannot unlearn. And therefore, you need to readjust your lifestyle to match 
the new you. Okay, and that's what happened with me. Yeah, and I and I think that those analogies are are so spot on. Um, I know people listen to this will can think of you know areas of their lives that you know maybe not necessarily to that extreme, but to some degree don't match how they feel deep down. They feel yeah. guilty. They feel uh, inauthentic or fake about something that they're doing. Like so, basically, they're saying something, but then they're they're doing another right, um, and and that's no way to live, right? And 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 if you think about. A lot of times, you know, we just kind of justify, right? We rationalize. We say, oh, like I said earlier, oh, well, you know, their kids are going to eat sugar anyway. So, who cares? Here's another, you know, cupcake kid. But, and same thing, oh, people are going to drink anyway. You know, it doesn't matter. And uh, I'm just going to continue to be a bartender even though I'm sober. Like, the the thing is, is like, okay, fine. But, like, to what extent do you want to be in an environment? So, you have your, your one life on the other side where you're trying to better yourself in a direction that makes you feel good. Otherwise, you wouldn't even have that desire to want to do that. And then and then you just like put a hat on and then like go into a different environment and then be a different person. I don't know who can right? do that. Like so many people do this though, right? I know, like but this I is like a huge I, thing in society. Yeah. Um sorry, yeah, you can go ahead. I know it's no, something I just, that you're like, passionate about. I just literally don't understand how people can do that. I think it's crazy. But like I know that, you know, like a lot of industries are run like that, right? Like a lot of the the diabetes association things are, you know, they're funded by like companies like Coca-Cola and stuff like that. The research is funded by sugar companies so that it makes the sugar companies not look as bad. You know what I mean? So it's like there is a lot in businesses and, um, you know, bigger corporations and stuff that is super inauthentic and super unaligned i just cannot be a part of that it's not part of who i am and i literally don't know how to do that so anyways the more i kind of worked through my feelings and thought about it and the more i was like i don't eat sugar i don't plan on eating sugar you know i eat it very 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 minimally and i don't want to be part of this i just kept coming back to the same answer and that was that i just i needed out of this business that's literally how I came to that decision. Um, but at the same time, it was really fucking hard to, to actually say those words, right? Because for the last couple of years, um, a lot of people on social media and stuff like that, you guys have probably noticed um, that, you know, Chad and I promote living a healthy lifestyle. He runs marathons, you know, I'm always cooking healthy meals. I'm, I, I'm not posting, you know, a lot of cake stuff on my personal page and, and different things like that. So, yeah, so and every time you would align. have to post it, you would just be like it's cringing cringy. about it. It's right? cringy, right? When I have to post promoting stuff, right? And that's why it's like I scaled back so much on our marketing and advertising for the whole last year before I even made the decision to, to quit because I just felt guilty promoting it. I can't create content or create ads or, or, or marketing that says, you know, oh, like, come buy the cake for your birthday or whatever. Or make just your like, life better. Yeah. yeah. Make your life better when I know that it won't. Like it will actually do harm to your That's life right. by eating a lot of sugar. Right. So once I made that connection, I was like, there's nothing. There's no way I can go forward. And and we tried to do our last season, which was the on the podcast where it was talking about, you know, living a healthy lifestyle and eating sugar in, in minimal amounts and stuff like that. And that was a really great season. But it still didn't, it still wasn't where I needed it to be in order to feel good about what I'm doing. It was more of a 
trying to make it align with my bakery business, but it didn't, right? Just like how you tried to do the run for cake group, we tried to incorporate healthy things into our bakery business, but at the end of the day, you just can't because it's not healthy and it's not something that I want to promote and contribute to people putting in their bodies. That's the whole thing. And 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 circling back to when you were saying about, uh, you know, people have been, oh, well, why didn't you just switch to, you know, make, being a healthy dessert business? And like, so the whole thing is you weren't passionate about business anyway, just like you said in the beginning, it had to do with you were passionate about being an Art. artist. Yeah. Okay. So this was a creative outlet. It was never intended to be a business. Once again, we're super grateful for for the lifestyle that it has afforded us, for all the transferable skills we've gained. Like we've-, we've For sure. I cannot- like there's no regrets you know people say oh would you do it again absolutely because we learned so so much that is going to serve us immensely into the future but the whole point is is that if, if it's running a, a you know a business of selling healthy baked goods that's no different than any other business that doesn't you know foster your creative outlet and at this point it's about accepting that um, that it has is time to move on, and that has been the most difficult challenge. You know, it came as a shock to a lot of people, and let me tell you, this decision was absolutely not made overnight. This was mm-hmm. years in the making. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, you haven't been working in directly in any of our bakeries in in years. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically, as we decided to grow and scale our business, um, I had to decide that. You know, I freedom is really important to me. Creative freedom is important to me. And so I decided that if I am going to remove myself from the business so that I can do creative endeavors like writing books and creating artwork and, you know, even doing the podcast and stuff, I needed to be able to have freedom. So I cannot make all of these cakes anymore. Okay. I cannot make a million dollars in cakes myself. So I need to decide, like, we're going to just create this like successful business. We're going to go the business route and turn this into a viable business, which means that I had to create a lot of processes, a lot of systems. I had to create a lot of uh, cake and cupcake designs that were easy to train um, for staff. At that point, the creativity is taken away. Absolutely. So I had to, I had to create all of these templates and stuff that, you know, they still looked really cool. Don't get me wrong. I was really proud of the designs that we did. I was proud that, it was quick and easy to train our staff on and the staff had fun doing them and stuff like that. But from my perspective, the creativity was lost because now I'm not doing the, the creative part anymore. I'm just, you know, basically the face and the brand and the marketing of the business now. And so in order for us to scale and grow it to over a million in sales, that's what needed to happen. So that's the route we took. And, you know, I, I, I think that that was the, the right route because, you know, I did kind of get bored near the end when I was doing all the cakes. I was getting bored of customers telling me what to do. I don't like that as an artist. No. I don't think any artist likes no that, artist right? Does. We want to have creative freedom to create art pieces. And, you know, as a customer, I understand when you're paying money for something, you have expectations, you have certain color schemes you want, you have certain expectations that you want to, you know, obviously, I get that. But for me, from my perspective, creating the cakes and being an artist, I don't create well when I'm told what to do. I just don't. That's not part of who I am. So that's why I realized that running an art business is just different than scaling and growing a business that needs, you know, processes and templates so that people get, you know, they see what they order online, they they have the expectation 
And for the most part, we're able to mimic um, those designs so people know what they're getting, right? Exactly. So it's not scalable. No. And that's what we determined. It was like, okay, well, if we're going to continue to just organically grow, once again, we didn't set out a business plan. We didn't know it. We didn't go to, you know, get an MBA in business. We, we were just winging it, right? And we did an amazing job of winging it, which I'm pretty super proud, proud of. Pretty proud. Right? Like, it's pretty badass what we did, right? Um, and nobody can ever take that away from us, right? So I have absolutely no regrets, like I said earlier. But to Rebecca's point is that there was a fork in the crossroads where it was like, hey, we're either like shutting it down year like you know five years ago whenever we kind of made that decision to really or or we're making this trainable scalable we're sucking the creativity out of it because in order to create consistency right and mm-hmm. and expect proper expectation from a consumer perspective you have we, to. we needed to make make sure that that um you know that dependability was there and so yeah. you can't say okay sabrina in uh, whatever location we need you to do this like you know, crazy 3D figurine on top of a, you know, a dog, you know, chasing a cat all around. And then all of a sudden, this some, one of their friends orders weeks later and like, I want that cake. And oh, well, Sabrina's not here no more. And only she knows how to do it. So, mm-hmm. right. So you can't scale that. So we had to create, like Rebecca said, design templates, things that we could train all the staff to do. Anybody could learn it quick and easy. But at that point, you know, Rebecca is the most creative person I've ever met. And so, Clearly, you know, you're creating these templates, you know, this is so boring. This is, once again, that you ended up doing it the best of the limitation that you had, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. But the the sky was no longer the limit. It was the system or the process that now had a limitation, had a ceiling on it. And and so at that point, okay, it was literally at that point, you're like, I'm checked out. I'm like, I'm not, you you weren't checked out as far as the inferiority complex with the sugar thing yet, but it was more of like, okay, well, I'm definitely checked out now because there's nothing creative for me to do here. Exactly. And then that's when you started working from home and whatever. Yeah, yeah, you can. So that's when I started working from home, which was amazing. That was when I, that was when I took the time to write my book. I was having so, so much fun. Um, I, I, I loved that part of, you know, kind of running the business and doing the marketing and the branding and stuff. I was, I was able to focus on other creative things about the business. Um, so I was having a lot of fun with that. Um, but then what ended up happening was, okay, we reached over a million in sales and that was a huge milestone. And then after that point, I was like, well, I don't know what's next. Do we do 2 million in sales? Do we like keep opening store locations? And then after we ended up opening, you know, three locations and then four locations, it, that just became like the same, like mundane, like, okay, now we're just going to open a new store and a new market. It's all the same shit. And all of a sudden, I'm not interested because I'm bored of it now. Yeah, and then you have to, in essence, try to be fake about pretending that you love what we're doing, which yeah, you did and not. and during that whole time, as I'm slowly, slowly, slowly learning about the sugar thing, and I'm slowly kind of transitioning to, towards that, I was like, I can't, I just cannot keep doing this. I can't keep going to grand openings, promoting the sugar thing. And I just, yeah, it just boiled down to that. And yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't say how difficult it was to actually pull the plug on it because it was all we've known for the last, you know, 10, 12 years. And we didn't, we didn't have a plan in place of what we were going to do next. And that was both of our main incomes. And like, it was not thought out whatsoever. All I knew was that I cannot carry on like this because the inauthenticity that was that was drumming up in me was 
absolutely like becoming painful at that point. So anyways, that's what happened. That's the the backstory of of what happened. So obviously Chad and I, you know, are talking about closing down the business or selling it or whatever. Um, and so what's your perspective? Because obviously this was a decision we both made um, and people probably want to know kind of like, did I make the decision? And then you had to accept that or like what... What was it from your perspective? Yeah, for sure. As much as I'd like to say that I had uh, dreams of running a uh, cutesy bakery as a young boy, that is definitely <laughs> false. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I did what any, um, you know, good husband does or hardworking man does. And I, I pulled up my socks and I did what I needed to do to, to help help it continue and maintain. And, and yeah, so you've been out of the, you were out of the bakery for what, four years at least. Yeah. I know you came in with COVID when it was like, you know, everything hit the show. fan. Yeah. Um, but that was, you know, pretty much only for about six months or so. And then once, you know, that got a little bit under wraps and you, you removed yourself again. But, but I was, I was the, the operations, like I operated the day to day. I, you know, woke up at five in the morning. I created everybody's schedule. I managed all the stores, all the staff. I got the text messages at one in the morning saying that my cat scratched me and I can't come in tomorrow, uh, right? Like to, to name one of many uh, excuses of, yeah. of managing young staff. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was super unfulfilling. I mean, I just basically, I mean, it wasn't hard. I mean, people are in the army, like that's hard. I, yeah, it wasn't it's you not know, hard. difficult, excruciating, laborsome work. But no. at the same time, it, there was no fulfillment at all. Like I just did it. Because I had to do it. It was like, okay, well, uh, I got to, you know, as, as the husband in this relationship, I, I need to just show up and, and make sure that we stay afloat. And, and so much, um, I'm sure many business owners can relate to this is like, you're just, you don't take time to be like, hey, like, is this really, like, it just kind of takes on a life form of its own sometimes. Yeah, you don't and, have and, time to and, step out yeah, of it. Yeah, you don't have time to be like, wait a minute, like, now it's taken on this life. Is this really what I want? Mm -hmm. And I mean, even you can even use that perspective if you're in a career that you've been in yeah. for 10 years. And it's like, okay, well, back 10 years ago, maybe I didn't have a kid or I didn't have a boyfriend or a husband or whatever the case is. And then now I have this, that, 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 and I want, you know, this from my life and I have these dreams. Like that doesn't really match now, right? Mm -hmm. um, or you're in the comfort trap of like, Oh well, they, they. I have great benefits. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm miserable every day. I can barely get out of the morning. I hate my boss. I hate. But I, we have the best benefits in the world. Like you can come up with a million excuses, and 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 don't get me wrong, I'm not harping on you. We did too. Like it was yeah. like, hey, well, people are going to eat sugar anyway, so you know, this is just another drop in the bucket of the sugar. What our industry? It's like, you know, you can say these things to your blue in the face, but at the end of the day, it's it's it's, how you it's feel all about, about how it. you feel, yeah. right? So if you feel that that is weighing on you, that that you you have this kind of like secret about you. You don't feel like good about what you, you know, like your actions aren't matching your words. Like you just don't feel good about it. And so when you finally were like, listen, like I think like it's time to like, you know, get rid of it, sell it, whatever. Like we talked about it like a year or two. We're like, we should probably sell it. And we're like, okay, we want this much for it. And we're, you know, trying to think businessy and, and financials. What, I think and, what happened was one day you were complaining to me about something about many. the business. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're complaining about the staff calling in sick or something. Yeah. Um, and you had to like go in and do like a bunch of different things oh, that yeah. you didn't plan on doing that day. And I'm pretty sure I was like, I was like, why don't you, if you're just going to complain about it, why don't you just get a normal job then? <laughs> and you were like, 
yeah, I would love that. That sounds amazing. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, are you serious? I was like shocked that you said that you actually were like considering oh, yeah. it. And you were like, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe I should do that. That sounds awesome. It's yeah. like, what? You know, That's you know, not what exactly. I expected. When you get excited yeah. about thinking about, um, you know, something like that. It, it yeah, makes I sense mean, though. I wasn't, I was shocked at that moment, but then I was were, also, I was also like, I thought about it that like this wasn't your dream to start a fucking bakery business like this was my dream and you were just supporting my dream at this point that's right and then i thought like how many people that you know how many couples that run businesses together it's generally one of the two's dream right. and the other person is just supporting so that's a hard dynamic i think that's right and um and yeah i mean even once again, I was okay. Like it's a business dynamic, or you could be a relationship dynamic. Mm-hmm. Okay, this person, you know, stays home with the kids, or this person works, or this person is the breadwinner, and this one isn't. And like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But you know, realistically, if you really want to question, like, okay, this is the role that I have. Which, but if you really ask yourself honestly, like truly, 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 this may be the role you have. But is it actually the role you want? Not to answer that question out of judgment, out of fear, out of what, you know, your husband or, or wife would think, out of what your mom would think, your sister yeah. would think. Like, ask yourself honestly, get in a dark place in a corner with the lights off and ask yourself, is this the life I'm living that I want to live? And if you ask either of us that question and we didn't care about what people thought or any hidden, well, what if, you know, and, and we're just honest we absolutely knew what that correct answer was. Yeah, and, and, you know. You know, and so for that, it was like, okay, you know what? Now's the time. And we knew it was going to be just a gong show to try yeah. to unwind this because, once again, we did not we did not have like a, a five-year plan and, and we no. slowly built it up to where this would, you know, each year, like this was not some grand scheme over year. Like this, this, of course, the decision didn't happen overnight. It was years in the making, but... Like, like I've learned with any decision, it's like it, people always say, oh, it took me five years to finally quit smoking. It's like, no, it took you one second when you said, today's the day I'm not smoking no more. And you just literally, it, that was the time it happened. And that's what happened. It was like for mm-hmm. five years we wanted to, yeah. to close the business, but it wasn't until that we we're finally like, okay, now it's happening. And it was around the end of the summer of, of 2023. And we were like, you know, we, this is, this has got to be the end of it because it, what is, what is several years from now look like? I can't envision into my forties doing no. the same, you know, uh, running these bakeries, going through the motions, dealing with all the headache, not even being passionate about my, the industry number one. Yeah. And the actual job functionality yeah. as well. So like, why are you even here? Yeah. Right. If I was, I was using the analogy of like, if you died, if you got went to your doctor and say, Hey, you got one year to live. I'd be well, like, fuck you, this shit. Would you I'm be doing what you're doing? Right. <laughs> and most people would answer, you no. know what? I wouldn't really be doing what uh-uh. I'm doing right now. Uh-uh. And so that's the scary thing about society. And we'll get it into is. this in many future podcasts. Cause we're super yeah. excited to challenge societal norms. We've changed so much, not just from the sugar, but like just our lifestyle has changed so much, like in our beliefs and everything. Like it's insane. Exactly. You know, you got one life to live and, you know, we're, we're just challenging everything. We're saying, okay, well, why do, why do I think I need to buy that? Why do I need to do this? Who said that I need to, where did, where did this come from? We're, I'm challenging like big picture stuff, like everything, industry, globally, like we're, I'm getting weird with it. Right. So, but the thing is capitalism consumerism the whole thing and we'll get into this later on and so this is the whole thing it's like the more that you take control back in your life and start to go wait a minute I don't want to be 40, 50, 60, 70 like 
into my later years of life going, okay, now I'm going to sit here and go everything I've been learned in life or taught in life or for doing things because I, I don't want my, my sister Susie to judge what I, like, you, this is no way to live people. Um, you got to figure it out. And once again, we don't have it all figured out. We're just starting this journey, but yeah. we're super excited about that. Even through the discomfort, even yeah. through the unknown, um, from being in the comfortable, predictable mm-hmm. misery of what we were before. Now, once again, I'm super grateful. And you and I talk about this over and over again with friends, family. Like, we are absolutely grateful, appreciative, blessed. I uh, could not, uh, you know, have, have afforded all the stuff we've got over the years, learned so many things. Um, would People say, would you do it again? Absolutely, right? Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, well, now, where do you head? And so what would you say to that? Yeah. And I think um, to your point of people, you know, not questioning things, um, I just think like from from our perspective, like we've grown so much personally, but like we were such in the grind of the business that we didn't really step outside of it to be like, now we're new, like now we're such different people. And does this career still align with who I am now? Not who I was when I started the business, because I was a completely different person. I was totally aligned with the business. I was 70 pounds overweight. I ate all the sugar in the world. That's right. Um, totally different, right? So, so if we never stop to question where we're at in our lives and if these things still align with us, right? It's the same with, you know, friendships or marriages or, you know, jobs, careers, anything. If you're just in it and you don't step outside of it to question like, is this intentional? Is this, you know, how I want to to live? Do I want to continue on five years in the future like this? Yes or no? Like you have to, to to step outside of it because otherwise you're in the grind of it and you don't have time to like analyze it and question it. And that's how you make better decisions going forward is by doing that. So yeah, so it was hard, it was a hard decision. We, you know, like I was saying in the beginning of this episode, unwinding it was a fucking nightmare. I would say it was harder to close the business than it was to start the business. Absolutely. I felt really like, you know, nervous to start the business, but like you have your hopes and your dreams and you're kind of really positive and optimistic. Whereas when we decided to close it, all of a sudden we're, you know, dealing with a lot of let down customers who have ordered from us every single year since their child was, you know, five years old and now they're, you know, 10 years old and whatever we've been there throughout all the birthdays and stuff like that. That's really hard. Um, Obviously letting go our staff, which, you know, we've struggled with a lot of staff issues over the years because, you know, it's really hard to find people who are aligned with your values. And the ironic thing was that at the end of our business, we had the best team in the entire world and they were just such amazing, kind, like totally aligned people. And so, you know, how ironic is that, that all of a sudden we have dream team going on and then now we have to let them go. Yeah. It's fucking hard, you guys. Right. Really exactly. hard. So, and, I mean, to, and to add to that is that that's why a lot of people stay in comfortability. Yes, because it's hard. Over happiness. Yeah. Right? Comfortability over happiness mm-hmm. because it is hard it's to so make that hard. change. 
we went through the chain. Like you said, it was much easier opening the business as it was shutting it down. We're dealing with it left, right, just feeling like we're beat up. And it, but, but now into January, here we are. We're starting to move forward and really start to, okay, it's like we just like climbed the mountain. We got to the top. It was hell getting up. And now we're coming down the other side of the mountain. So I'm telling you, it really is that saying of like the grass is absolutely greener when you go through the struggle, right? And, and so, it, it, and, and that's what, that's what keeps people from in the loop. It's yeah. like, it's so hard to just people, human beings hate change. Oh, yeah. They will sacrifice their well being, their, their, their health or everything, everything. like that, that, that you need for vitality as a human being that gets you excited to wake up each day. You will sacrifice that until you're blue in the face, until you wake up and say, today is the day where I'm like, it's, it's over. Yeah. Like I've had enough. So true. And you have to get that to that point of had enough, like where you're willing to pull the plug, right? Because like I said, the last couple of years was like back and forth, back and forth, like not ready to make the change, right? Not ready to make that decision is a huge decision. And, you know, even to the point of like, we had no idea that we were going to close this business down, even like six months before we did right to the point of we literally signed a new lease on a new store location um six months before we closed down like that was like if we had any kind of strategy for that would have been it right there we would have not obviously done that Mm -hmm. that was not a good decision um but sometimes there's always going to be some things that you just have to suck it up right you just have to suck up the loss you have to suck up um, exactly. And that's everything. the whole thing of like, okay, you know, I'll quit uh, drinking after the holidays. Yes. Yeah. I'll quit smoking after my upcoming vacation. Uh, I'm going to start eating healthy uh, after Easter because, you know, my grandma makes the best pie. Yeah. Right? Like these are the things that it's ridiculous. There's always going to be something. It's never going to be the right time. It's, it's never going to be the, the perfect right environment. Time. Right. That's a good point. It's never the right time. And, you know, the more I thought about having to set up a new store location, the more I was, like, needing to get the fuck out. So, it was, like, it was almost like a catalyst as well. Like, there were so many signs. And I was just, like, you know what? It's not a good time to quit the business. But it also is the time to quit the business. (laughs) But it it is the time to to take control and better your life, right? But yeah, yeah, we just thought like, you know, we cannot do this for another year, another two years, another five years. Hell no. And so to the to the point that I said in the in the beginning too of why we didn't sell the business, um, we actually did have it for sale for a couple months, but um we were just putting it for sale just to see if anyone was like seriously interested. Um, and we did go back and forth with um, some people that were pretty interested in it, but it just, it didn't work out. And at the end of the day, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I think the universe aligned that to happen that way because I would have had to still be part of the business. I would have still had to help them with it, which I'm a very helpful person, but it's very hard to, to help other people grow a business that, you know, you feel like the industry is complete shit, right? That's it. So I mean, it just, it, it would have it just prolonged it still the, didn't align the inauthenticity and it, of it, right? Yeah. And it still didn't feel right to accept a large sum of money from an industry that 
you know, I don't, I honestly don't even like, I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's not there anymore because it's just one less bakery contributing to a bigger problem. That's it. And so that's it. And that, that honestly, yeah. genuinely, that is exactly why it worked out the way it happened because yeah. I didn't realize that we at the time. A clean but slate. Yep. Yeah. But now I realize it looking back, I was like, that was not meant to be because I was not meant to continue to be a part of, you know, this industry because I'm over it. Yep. So if I'm over it, I have to be able to let it go. And make room for new, bigger, better opportunities in the future. And as hard as it was, um, and it and it was very hard. You know, we've cried a lot about it, and we've had to, you know, grieve the process of it. But ultimately, we know that it's the right decision, right? I did a media interview, and I told them like it felt like a bad breakup, where it was very, very, very hard to do. But you know deep down that it was the right decision, and that's the best analogy that's that I great. can that I yep. can make. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really so, excited to uh, you know dive into this season. It's going to be the uh, season's going to be the best season. It's going to be the best ever because sure. you know we don't got no PR. We have no. no nothing to hold back. We're not filtering. No. You know, I, not to say we did that before, but no. Like, but of you course, know what? To though? some degree, you we have to when you right? have a business. You have to that's like. Right be a little bit public mm-hmm. relations yeah. and watch what you say because yeah. you know what? And I, I felt to some degree that I really had to be careful with what I would say and how I would say it before because, um, you know, it would be different if it was just, you know, me working in the business or you working in the business. I wouldn't give a fuck what anyone else thought. But because we had a team of other people. I already people, know it's going to be better because you're swearing more in this episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but because we had other people, you know, working for us and relying on a job and stuff like that. So, you know, I would be a little bit careful what I would say to not piss off, you know, customers or, or, you know, put a reputation on our business or whatever, um, for the well-being of our team and the growth and success of our business. right. Right. So now that that's gone, I feel like. I can just completely be myself. I don't give a fuck if you like me. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't like fine. me, I have See, all, all amazing. All close friends and family know you swear like that. Oh, I you, know. I have amazing friends. I have amazing yeah. family. I have a lot, a lot of fans and supporters, and that's all I give yeah. a fuck about. I don't that's care right. about the haters. I don't care about that's anything right. else. I don't care about a reputation, and I have nothing to lose at yeah. this point. So we're airing it all on this season. Yeah. So it's gonna be fantastic. Stay tuned. Um, it's going to get uh, real good. And, and yeah, we're super excited to just share all the uh, the story of, of where our next chapter is heading and um, all of our, our new kind of ideas and, and ways to help you, the listener, get value week after Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Um, and that's our main objective. So um, that yeah, is looking our forward main to objective. It. So before we head off um, or before we end this episode, let's just talk really briefly about what we're currently working on. Um, individually and uh, you'll hear more about that in future episodes but it'll be kind of nice for you guys to know like what we're segueing into um, so for me it is art so I do a lot of watercolor art I do photography I love doing um, I've been getting into videography as well with uh, with drone footage and stuff like that it's been really fun I love to work with um, Airbnbs to create content for the Airbnb and social media stuff um, and travel photography I love that so much and I'm also in the process of writing my second book which is all about this transitionary period and um, helping other people to realize that you know change is better 
than the comfort zone, even though it's way more difficult. And so I'm hoping that by me sharing my journey and my experience and my tips and stuff like that, that it will help inspire change for the reader as well to realign themselves with their most authentic life. So that's my project that I'm working on. So why don't you say what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, so I, uh, I'm, I have a job and I'm currently working in addictions. I work for a private rehab facility for substance abuse. Uh, I'm on the front lines answering the phones and um, helping the intake process and, and really, you know, um, having meaningful and purposeful work, which is incredible. Like it fills my heart each day, uh, being able to actually have an impact on something greater than just the color of teal of someone's cake. Yeah. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that seems a little bit more important, right? Um, and, and yeah, so it, it's awesome. These, you know, family and, um, you know, I mean, I say it in obviously an excitable way, but at the same time, it's very serious stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking with really distraught family members and loved ones and, and even uh, people, alcoholics and addicts that are calling for themselves, looking to get that help to, uh, for long lasting change. Um, I went to rehab in my early 20s for uh, for substance abuse, and and I've seen the substantial impact and, and change that it's made in my life. And it's so cool to be able to to kind of go back to that and help out. And um, I was originally going to do that before we started the business. Uh, we made the decision as a couple to kind of dive into this because obviously we had to do one or the other. And now I'm kind of coming back to that. Uh, certainly wasn't because of that, but indirectly, it's it's kind of neat how things come full circle. Um, and uh, I always like to tell people if you are wondering, well, hey, well, how do I figure out what I actually like to do? What is it you did when you were a kid that you did when you didn't have responsibilities? What is it that you do when you just um, time melts away and, and you wish you had more time to do it, but you feel guilty when you do it because you you think that you're putting other responsibilities of life aside and and that will that's a, a start at finding the answer to that so and um, what do you love to do that you don't care if you get paid for it that's right that's a big yeah, factor a big too one. right yeah. doesn't mean you can't get paid for it in the future but what would you do yeah. even if nobody paid you for it that's a good indicator of what you should be doing that's right so we'll dive into that in the future um but yeah we're super excited to have you guys on board welcome uh, to the podcast and uh welcome and yeah. to season four season four let's do it we love to connect with our listeners. My website is RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and share it and tag us on social media. You can find me at RebeccaHamiltonCo and Chad is at ChadHamiltonRuns. And if you have a show or a podcast, we would love to be a guest and share our story with your audience and help get more people inspired to live authentically. Thanks for listening. This is Scrap the Sweet Talk with Chad and Rebecca Hamilton.